0: You are tuned into The Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit drtina.com. On this episode of The Dr. Tina Show, I'm going solo and I'm going to talk about something very near and dear to my heart. I take a lot of slack for trying to promote exercise, and I take a lot of slack from people who are dealing with chronic pain or depression or some kind of post-viral syndrome or long haulers, and it might not even be to COVID. It might be something from years back. They don't even know what it is. Maybe they've got mold illness or tick illness. And I want to come here and say this. I have dealt with everything I just listed. I have personally dealt with everything I just listed. And I want to explain my theory, and I want to give you some tools, and hopefully teach you some ways that you can climb out of the hole. Because I can promise you... Remaining in the hole, things are not going to get better. Remaining in the hole is going to lead to a life of chronic deconditioning, and that chronic deconditioning is going to potentiate further deconditioning, and you will continue in a downward spiral. Remaining in the hole and hoping that the modern medical establishment is going to be able to help you is complete bullshit complete bullshit. The allopathic community has absolutely zero idea how to help you. It's not even in their paradigm. So this demand that we're seeing, it's it's breaking my heart. I follow a lot of long covid accounts. I I believe this is happening wholeheartedly. I'm I'm never dismissing it. And as somebody who lived with post viral syndrome for a long time, it devastated my life for 10 years and I I am here today talking about all of these things because of it. But I keep seeing a lot of the long COVID communities demanding the government do something. The government's never going to do anything. Your government, I don't care what country you live in, is never going to do anything. You actually might be better off in a third world situation where they still honor traditional medicine that's been handed down through the families, through the communities, right? Where they still honor herbal medicine and they still honor ways of healing the body naturally by utilizing what's been given to us by nature, but the chances of that in first world countries are slim and none. So stop demanding that your government do anything because they're not going to do jack shit. Your medical doctor, probably 99.9% chance has zero concept of how to help you because it's not in their paradigm of thinking. They don't understand anything about mitochondrial health. They don't understand anything about immunology, clearly, because here we are, Uh, then again, many holistic doctors, have no idea what's going on either and drank the Kool-Aid. So we can't just base it on that. I don't think relying on your naturopathic doctor is going to do it because unless your naturopathic doctor has had specific training in this or your functional medicine doctor, they're not going to know what to do either. So your best bet is to find, honestly if you really want to double down on the doctor boat, go ahead. But what I'm going to share with you on today's episode is how to avoid that, how to actually avoid needing the doctor as much as humanly possible, or conversely, how to prep yourself so that when you do show up, because these doctors that know how to deal with this are expensive, and they're going to be out of pocket, they're likely not going to take insurance, and it's likely going to be a huge expense that a lot of people I don't think can afford. So I'm going to give you some tools that they're going to tell you to do anyway, and I'm going to get you started. That's what I want to share. I pulled myself out of a long COVID, I'm sorry, a long uh, post-viral syndrome haul, some kind of long haulers syndrome. It was to cite a megalovirus that I got when I was 19 that ruined my life, ruined everything in my life. Um, Landed me with a crippling autoimmune disease where I didn't, my blood didn't clot. So while I looked normal on the outside, Every single time I got cut, I bled a ton. It was horrible, <laughs> and I couldn't do anything fun anymore because I, if I hit my head, I would bleed to death. I couldn't get pregnant because if I did, I might bleed to death. I couldn't, mamsy pamsy, take any medications because if I did, they might exacerbate the autoimmune condition. They wanted to remove my spleen. I had a, I had what had what's called ITP, which is idiopathic thrombocytopenia purpura. Um, I was considered a chronic post-viral syndrome patient. It manifested itself in my in later years as fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, POTS. People weren't talking about POTS then, postural orthostatic hypotension, like they weren't talking about it then, but I had POTS. Uh, I got bit by a tick when I was 20, gosh, how old was I? 23, 24. I got bit by a tick living in San Francisco, if you can believe it, living downtown in a Scotty apartment. And I had gone out to Marin County to go to the Marine Mammals Center out there and somehow picked up a tick later to find out that area is pretty endemic with ticks from what what I've heard or researched. If you're from that area and you know otherwise, let me know. (laughs) But um, very likely got Lyme. Lyme was not easily tested back then. It's kind of still not easily tested it's more you know the the good Lyme doctors it's a diagnosis of exclusion and then we know that Lyme carries with it all these co-infections so yeah um, I, I've i run the gamut I work really hard every single day not to live with horrific chronic pain not to be debilitated by anxiety and depression Uh, I'm a happy person, I have a happy life, and what you see truly is what you get. I don't try to sugarcoat it for Instagram so that it looks all pretty. I try to let you guys know where I'm at. I've tried to be really, really authentic, especially through this process, because I know people are struggling. I know that I have privilege. I worked my ass off to get to where I have privilege, but I also know that I had supportive parents and I grew up in a middle class family and I was afforded certain luxuries and opportunities that others weren't. So I try to use that for the greater good. Truly, I was put on this planet to be a doctor. I wholeheartedly regret going through medical school because the systems in place are busted no matter what kind of degree or profession you end up graduating with. You still have to deal at large with the allopathic profession, which I think is just a broken model. Thank God for them when you have an emergency. And I'm certainly not dissing medical doctors. They give up a lot of their life to help people and they go into a lot of debt as well. And I I like the majority of the MDs that I've become friends with through the communities that I've been a part of the past decade plus. But I didn't love the MDs that I grew up having to go see. I was a very sick child before I got crippled with long haulers. So, I mean, I've been through the gamut. When I was five years old, I was held down by nurses and doctors and my mom and they were sucking snot out of my sinuses and I remember thinking there's got to be a better way and I set out from that day forward to find a better way. I was clear at the age of 12 that I was going to be a doctor. I did everything that I could. I I should have graduated early except for some art credits that I didn't have. <laughs> I didn't have some like extracurricular nonsense credits, but I had taken all my English, all my math, all my sciences by the end of junior year because I just wanted to get out and go to medical school. That's how much of a that's how badly I wanted to become a doctor. So I Regret it at this point because of the cost and because of the nonsense that the system is. The system is busted, but I'm really grateful for the information. And so I work really hard every day to share that information with you guys in whatever capacity, whether it's on my Substack blog or inside my strength training community or inside of my, you know, on my free platforms, like here on the podcast, inside my Instagram. Those, Twitter, those are all places to find me. And there's a little bit different content on each one. So I try to mix it up and keep it exciting. And then of course on my email list, that's the best place to find me. Subscribe there. Make sure you get on my list. It's not the same as my Substack blog. That's a whole different list. So make sure you get on both. But anyway back to the post-viral syndrome situation or the I'm so low in energy, my mitochondria are destroyed situation or the I have parasites and I have mold and I have Lyme situation. I get it. I've helped a lot of patients through this. And I will tell you, these are the cardinal rules, regardless of what route you take. Here's where I think modern medicine messes up. Even holistic, naturopathic-minded medicine messes up. We bring the patient in, they are bottomed out. Their vitality is so low. Vitality is a marker that I can judge just by looking at somebody. And it's something that you learn to, to, to see and what you all can see it. This isn't, this isn't something that is just for you know certain people to see. You can see it. Look at the people around you. Do they look vital? Do they look like they're exuding sunshine? When a healthy person who's fit walks in, who eats well, it's like sunshine beaming out of their face, right? Their vitality is so high. But when you see somebody who is chronically poisoning themselves with shitty, shitty food choices and never exercising and they hate their job and they're surrounded, they drink too much, And they're surrounded by people they can't really stand, even if it's a family that they, you know, they can't stand their spouse or their situation. They don't want to go to work because it's miserable there and miserable people there. I mean, there's a lot of this going on. Those people have very low vitality. So I would go out in the lobby and introduce myself to my patients because I wanted to check their vitality and... Once we got back in the room, there were two questions I would ask that would tell me how high their vitality was. And one was, how's your libido? If their libido was solid, regardless of how big of a disaster their health seemed otherwise, I knew we were good. We were going to be okay. This was going to be easy. And I would ask them how their sleep was. If their sleep was in shambles, this was going to be very challenging. If their sleep was solid, then we were, and their libido was intact. Man, this was going to be easy. That was a sign of high vitality. You also can see this in folks who are dying, right? You can see the reaper if you look. You can see the vitality waning out of their body. And to me, they look like they're in black and white. That's the best way to describe it. They're either various shades of color, they're pure golden sunshine, or they're in black and white. And when I see people in black and white, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. And every single time that person has ended up passing away in the next couple weeks to months or days even. So it's kind of like Harry Potter with the Dementors. That's what the Reaper looks like to me. And I can see it. I've been able to see this since I was a kid. This is not to sound woo. This is just straight up reality. I don't know if others can see it. And also like Harry Potter, uh, if you remember that Luna Lovegood told Harry those carriages that they would take them from the train station to the school in, that they thought the carriages were horseless until you've witnessed death. And then you can actually see what's pulling the carriage. And it's some kind of like cool dragon horse (laughs) creature. And once Harry sees them, he's like, have these always been here? And she said, yes, but you couldn't see them because you haven't seen death. And I think there's something to say about that too. So I'm not I'm not sharing that to sound woo. It's just your experiences add up and you can read energy and you can start to see things around you that maybe you hadn't before if you start paying attention. So, anyway, folks with long covid, long haulers, chronic illness all of those folks have the same kind of gray scale color to them. They're not really living, but they're not really dead. And their vitality is low in most cases, various degrees of low, but generally pretty low, maybe moderate. And it's tough. I get it. And I would see these patients come in. I worked in so many different types of clinical settings when I was a student, you guys, like I tried to get so many different exposures in and you'd see these folks coming in just wasted away skin and bones, and they're getting their blood ozonated and passed through a UV light in the hopes of killing off the viruses or whatever is living in their blood. And there's legitimacy to this. Like there's data to show that this is not crazy. We now have IV machines that shoot lasers into your bloodstream, which is so cool. And the ozone, by the way, is a bit of a blood sterilizer, it's, you know, when Trump, I'm not a huge Trump fan, by the way, but when Trump came out and said that something about, you know, bleaching the blood, that's what he was talking about. He was talking about some of these therapies that have been well known throughout the world for a long time and decades. And also known in Russia. I think, I'm guessing, I speculate, I think his wife probably knew about some cool medicine there and therapeutics that, Americans don't really know because Russia and Cuba, both being communist countries, have actually done a lot of really cool stuff in the alternative medicine world because they didn't have access to everything like we did. So they've really had to learn to utilize ozone and some other therapeutics. Anyway... There are ways to have those therapies done. They're expensive. It sucks. It sucks. I'm sorry. It sucks. It sucks having a bag of blood drained out of you and then ozonated and put back in you. And you don't usually end up feeling awesome because when they kill everything off, you end up sometimes having what's called a Herxheimer's reaction. If it's too intense, it can be really miserable. It feels like you're dying. (laughs) I've had it happen several times. It feels like you're dying. So I think that IVs can be really amazing and definitely can help get you over the hump with COVID. And I know that in my community, I'll just share this with you, in my community of astute naturopathic physicians, the ones who are awesome and doing really cool medicine, they have several have told me that they have gotten their patients over the hump with ozone IV as sort of a first-line treatment to get that vitality back on board. And I'm not talking prevention treatment or cure of anything. I'm talking just getting people back on the horse so that they can function. And these ozonated IVs are a great first start. That said, I want to teach you what to do at home because this is what your doctors, if they're astute, are going to tell you anyway. First things first, when in doubt, cook the crap out of yourself. Now, of course, do this within safety parameters. Do this within Tolerance. I want you to go back and listen to the episode. We'll link it in the show notes about how I think protocols are nonsense when it comes to sauna. I. I know from personal experience that sauna is an individual dosage, meaning it's what you can handle on that day. And I just had a gal tell me that she has never saunted and then she tried it, spent 20 minutes in a sauna and came out and was wrecked for weeks. That's a sign of some pretty severe mitochondrial dysfunction and severe toxicity. So these are the people I'm making this episode for. And so I encouraged her to try it again and start slow. I want you to consider your electrolyte status and do you need electrolytes? Do you need to up your hydration? Most people do. They don't realize it. A very simple way to feel better is to have more salt in your life. I have these Redmond's Real Salt Salt Lick. They're salt rocks. They're all over my house. They're literally salt rocks. They're in my purse. I, I, I don't go anywhere without my salt rocks. Um, I'm a big fan of electrolytes and ele- different electrolyte products. I've, I've used them all. They're wonderful. They're inexpensive. They're effective you know, great, great tool to have in your tool belt when you feel like crap. Because most people do have some version of POTS or orthostatic hypotension where their ability to regulate their blood pressure when they go from a lying or seated position up to a standing position is really compromised. And this inhibits them from exercising and this inhibits them from doing a lot of things. And I used to live with that regularly and I still do, but uh, I don't have to lay down between sets anymore at the gym. <laughs> I can stay seated or standing. So the the salt thing is huge. We want to be well hydrated prior to using the sauna. And I want you to go back and listen to my episodes about sauna so that you can get more details there. I don't want to belabor it. It's an individual dosage. Another phenomenal tool is cold tolerance. Now, I don't do well going outside in the cold. Here in Oregon, it's raining, it's windy, it's cold. It's not my favorite, but... Finishing my shower with cold is something that I do regularly. And when I start wimping out on it is usually when I catch a cold. So what do I mean by this? Again, go back and listen to those episodes. But it's a cool, it's two tolerance. It's a cool flush of the arms and legs if that's all you can handle. Working up to getting your chest and back under the water. Working up to colder and colder water. I don't want you to get in a sauna for a prolonged period of time at high temperatures or blast yourself in an ice bath. If your adrenals are shot and your vitality is shot to hell, that is going to cause all kinds of nervous system issues potentially and cardiovascular issues, which I know y'all are freaking out about because it's not just COVID. Any long-term post-viral syndrome definitely comes with it this sort of low-grade cardiovascular um, scenario where your heartbeat doesn't regulate well, your pulse doesn't regulate well, and you have a drop in blood pressure upon standing. That's the POTS. You get dizzy. Um, You try to exert yourself and you just feel like you're going to have to lay down and die. I mean, I'm talking you guys, I have been so bad in the past that And I've gotten myself into some sketchy situations with this. If I had to lie down and take a nap, it was not voluntary. It was almost like narcolepsy. My fatigue was so severe. Out of absolutely nowhere, I would need to lay down and take a nap and close my eyes. Like the, and it still happens once in a while. I'll look at my husband and I'm like, if I stay standing, like it's usually about three or four in the afternoon, two, maybe two, two to four in the afternoon. Um, if I stay upright standing, I'm, I feel like, I'm going to die. The pain, I get pain everywhere and I just have to lie down for now it's just 20 minutes, but I used to have to take a power nap. And I would go out like a light. This happened once when I was by myself uh, going through Central Park in New York City and it was 21 degrees outside and I walked all the way down the whole park from the upper end all the way down to the Alice in Wonderland pond thing, whatever that is, the I don't know. It's not a pond. It's a it's a fountain. And I I had to lay down on the bench and go to sleep in New York City in 21 degree weather. So I bundled myself up and I laid down on the bench and I set my phone. I set my alarm and I was holding my phone and I tried to keep one eye open. I had a thank God I didn't get abducted or I guess I wouldn't have been abducted but, or I don't know. I didn't get messed with. Nobody tried to steal anything from me. And I vaguely recall waking up and thinking, if I don't get up, I'm going to die. Like I'm so cold, I can't move. I was getting hypothermia severely. And I somehow walked out of the park and walked into a place that was serving soup. And I just bought a large soup and sat there holding it and sipping it and trying to rewarm. Thank God for the soup. It saved my life. So that was one time. Another time it happened in Detroit, Rock City. I was with a friend and we were at a museum in Detroit. And I looked at him and I said, I have to lay down and take a nap. And he was like, what? And I said, can I just lay my head on your lap? Can we sit on this bench? And I'm going to take a nap for... 20, 30 minutes and then wake me up and and I'll be fine. And he thought I was insane. And he let me sleep for 20 minutes and he woke me up and he's like, we got to get out of here. This is like super weird. (laughs) I said, yeah, I know. So it happens. I get it. And when you see me on Instagram, doubling down on the exercise and the sauna and the things, now you know why, because I have pulled myself out of this on repeat not just once you guys on repeat cuz every time i get hard get hit hard with a virus i go back into it and it's i don't recover from viruses the way that my husband does i don't snap out of it quickly it's a haul out every single time My nervous system gets messed up. My strength in the gym diminishes. My ability to even hold a weight over my head gets wonky because I get really unstable and shaky. Uh, I have to take far more frequent naps. I mean, coming out of COVID in 2021, end of 2021 like that, I just expect, like give yourself a three-month grace period, right? It's called convalescence for a reason. We are pushing people right out the door. Like, why aren't you better in a week? You must have long haulers. That's bullshit. Give yourself 90 days, okay? So get hot. Get hot when you're sick. Get hot when you don't feel good. Get hot when you don't know what else to do. Get hot, cook yourself. Give yourself an opportunity to get yourself super warm. And from the inside, warm yourself up from the inside. You need a sauna, whether it's a blanket sauna or a pop-up sauna or a walk-in sauna. I like the blanket saunas and I like the walk-in saunas. Those are the two, and I'll put the links in the show notes to my two favorite. The pop-up ones, I don't love as much Uh, They take up a lot of space and, but that might be all somebody can do. So I will share a link to that one as well. But I do think that a blanket sauna or a walk-in sauna are superb. I I, I take that back. I loved my pop-up sauna when I had it. I just couldn't get my head inside of it. And sometimes that's what you need the most is getting your head hot. So if you want to squat down in it, but then that becomes challenging to breathe. So (laughs) you play with it. And these are all at different price points. So there you go. Sauna. And then the second thing is exercise. You absolutely 100% have to start exercising. I did a whole episode about exercise and I want to reiterate this here. Walking, if you can't do anything else, walk if you have to walk slow, if you have to sit down frequently, if you have to bring a little stool with you to, I'm not kidding. If you have to bring one of those little fold-up stools to, to sit down somewhere, sit, I get used to sitting on curbs. I got really good at sitting on curbs because sometimes you have to sit on a curb. I've had to pull my car over, guys. I can't tell you how many times because I thought I was going to pass out or the fatigue was so terrible that I had to take a quick little nap. So I when I see those videos of people who have narcolepsy or um, seizures uh, and they're on public transportation and they wear a little sign around their neck that says, I'm about to have a seizure or I'm going to fall asleep. Please take care of me. I feel for them because I've been there. It's terrible. Anyway, we walk if that's all we can do. Understand that sauna is an exercise mimetic. So that is another way of exercising without exercising. Now it's not I don't want you to make it a substitute for too long, but it's a great way to get started. I promise you, if you start with exercise, my medics of sauna and cook yourself for a couple weeks to months, you will start to find the stamina to exercise. And if you couple that with walking, even if it's short walks, up and down your driveway, up and down your porch, uh, around your house for one lap, I'm talking little baby steps here, then you will get so much further, so much faster. So those are the two big ones, right? Walking and getting hot. And then we're going to add in strength training. And here's why. I've done all the different exercises. The cool thing about strength training is, one, you can vary the intensity of it by how much tension you build in your body. B, you can vary the intensity by what amount of weight you decide to use. You C, you can vary the intensity by how many reps you do. And D, you can vary the intensity by how many sets you do. So what this means is it's completely adaptable to where anyone and everyone is at. If you can't lift your lower body, you lift your upper body. If you can't lift your upper body, you do your lower body. If you can't do one leg because you hurt your hip, then you do the other leg and you do the arms and the upper body. There is a workaround for every situation, unless you're quadriplegic I still, even then I've talked to PTs who train quadriplegics, if you can believe it. And they find a way to get these people moving somehow. They move what they can move. So we've got sauna on our side. We've got walking on our side. And I I really cannot tell you how many times walking has brought me back from the dead. Just walk, walk. I walked this whole summer. I I almost blew my Achilles out completely. Some of you know, it was really devastating. It was under a severely stressful period. Uh, There were deaths happening in the family. Things were going down. And uh, I walked and walked and walked and walked and walked. And thank God for walking. Walking saved me once again. And then I was doing my strength training twice a week with my coach, but we were keeping it pretty easy and basic because I was dealing with some pretty severe spinal issues and injuries and pain. And so yet again, there I was rebuilding myself slowly but surely. If you need to lay down between sets, lay down. Take as much time as you need between sets. I give you permission. You do not need to hop back up and get onto your next set. You don't need to superset anything. Sets are rounds, if you will. So like five repetitions and then five rounds. And we go over this in detail inside of my strength training community. So I, again, want to invite you in there to join us. It's 20 bucks a month and it's the best 20 bucks you'll spend on your health. I promise, a month. It'll get you further faster because I am completely aware and well educated on this. (laughs) And I know how to help you and get you there. So we can lay down between sets if we want. That's up to us. It's our prerogative. I like to lay down and suck on my salt rock. You can do less reps or more reps, depending on how you feel. Now, when you're creating tension in your body, you have to breathe a certain way. I teach that inside the strength training community. And when you're breathing a certain way, you really can't do a ton of reps if you're doing it right because you'll start to hyperventilate. And so we purposely keep you at good weights for minimal reps and minimal sets. And it shouldn't have to be a big old long workout. We're not trying to you know, leave the sweat angels on the floor. This is not CrossFit. This is not Orange Theory. This is none of that nonsense. I'm just trying to get you guys moving and functional and strong. Uh, go back and listen to my last several episodes. I In the last episode, I talked about strength parameters. You should know what those are so you know what your goals are. And you might listen to that and think, oh my gosh, I have so far to go. I am weak as a kitten. And you very well may be I have been there and I have had to come back from nearly dead many times and start over with the little tiny weights and the little tiny pink dumbbells and the little tiny kettlebells. And I've had to work my way back. And I'm super strong for who I am, where I'm at and what I've dealt with. But I'm not comparing myself to the old me and I'm not comparing myself to anyone else in my age group or who's 25 years younger. None of that. I'm just trying to stay in the game. So strength training... Is added in as we can do it. I highly encourage you to find somebody who can help you with this. You're going to need motivation. You're going to need accountability. If you can afford it, hire a coach. If you can afford some version where you're doing, maybe it's group coaching sessions at your local gym, but having other people around and finding somebody, you might have to do some interviewing, finding somebody who understands this. You don't want a 25 year old who's going to put you through the, you know, boot camp paces and blow out your adrenals even further. Because I promise you, your adrenal glands are on the struggle bus. And that is something worth treating. I've got some suggestions um, for adrenal support and just tonification inside of my store. You can look around, but I want to encourage you to, you know, because we want to keep mineral status up. We want to keep, because our mineral corticoids, we want to keep um, some adaptogenic herbs on board for adaptation purposes. These are all wonderful ways to give our adrenals a little love because I promise, especially if you have POTS or you've got some kind of chronic illness or long COVID, you've got some, your adrenals are on the struggle bus. So supporting that system is paramount. And then we go from there. So that's it. Get hot. Get yourself moving some way, shape, or form. We are walking (laughs) at the very least, and that's not negotiable. Even if you do things on top of it, continue the walking. How long should you walk? Not going to tell you because I think protocols are nonsense. I really have no idea. You might only be able to walk for five minutes before you can't go any further. You may not even be able to crawl out of your bedroom. I've been there too like crawling up and down the hallway to take care of my daughter. Not even kidding. I've been there. I get it. So, you walk how far ever far you can walk and only you decide. You just can't be a total wimp about this. You can't be weak-willed and you can't be a wimp. You have to get your mind straight. You are either going to accept living like this for the rest of your life or you're going to fight like hell. Those are your two choices. If you continue to live, let this ravage you, it will continue to ravage you. You will continue to have compromised mitochondria. You will continue to get sicker and feel worse. And you will continue the downward spiral of deconditioning. And that makes everything significantly worse. And then, you are, then you're zombie bait. And that sucks. And I've been there. And the only way out was me. It was through. And it was me pulling myself out through the gauntlet. A few times over, as I've mentioned, the rebuild is a very familiar one to me. So you you choose and you decide and only you will be able to motivate yourself to get your ass in gear and to get moving. And then when you feel like it, you need to start strengthening yourself. And so finding some kind of strength training parameters... My group is a wonderful place to start. I give you two workouts a week. They're very modifiable. Some of them are a little more challenging. Some of them are far less challenging. I try to hit all the bases because I've got people of a variety of age groups at a variety of levels in there. We're not getting hurt. It's very rehab-based. I'm just trying to get you moving. If you need help though with motivation, accountability, and better skill acquisition around how to lift, then I highly encourage you to hire a coach. Personally, I think... Hiring a coach is probably better money than hiring a doctor right now. Hiring a strength and conditioning coach, in my opinion, would be my first choice than hiring somebody to try to sort out my long haulers. Because if you go into any of these therapies, like I was mentioning the ozone IV, um, that's for, you know, just sort of cleaning out the blood and, and, and tonifying a, a person's system. It's not specific for any condition in particular. It's just something that we use as a tool when people are really bottomed out. With something chronic. Um, that's that's a pretty hard therapy to take for many people. And so we want to build up to that. So if you come into the doctor and your vitality is up because you've been saunaing, you have been walking and you have been lifting weights, any therapy they throw at you is going to stick much, much better. You're going to have far better time getting through it and likely have better outcomes at the end of it. I promise you. Then if you go into it completely flatlined and you've done nothing to support yourself or help yourself prior, those therapies are just going to get more and more and more expensive and you're going to have a longer time bed bound or a longer time just couch locked. So um, I will add in one more component. I encourage you to consider a very big, beef heavy diet. And I would say ground beef because ground beef is going to be ground up all the parts. I know it seems yucky. It grosses me out too, but it's a great way to get more collagen versus just strictly eating muscle meats, right? So get a high fat content ground beef and figure out a variety of ways to make it tasty and yummy and get a good surfing in you every day. I know that one of the symptoms of having some kind of post viral situation often is lack of appetite. I struggle with that myself. So whatever amount you can get, into you. I don't I, I don't want to set huge parameters on you because we want wins. We just want to get some wins in. And when we start gathering wins and we start stacking wins, then we will push ourselves even further. Because remember, this is all up to you. It's 100% contingent on you. I want you to look around at the people you love. And I want you to ask yourself, do they want to see me like this? Do they want it? Is this how I want them to see me for the rest of their lives? Is this how I want them to remember me? Cause that's what I asked myself. And it was a resounding hell no. I did not want my daughter to see me couch locked all the time with headaches and chronic illness. I just didn't want it. I did not want her to have that memory. I wanted her to have a memory of a super strong, capable, awesome mom who kicked ass that's what I wanted my daughter. And that's what she thinks of me now. I know she probably thinks I'm crazy and a little bit like a dragon, but um, she loves me. And I know that she respects me. And I know that the image of her in my head is just what I described, which is awesome and strong and capable and functional. And that's what I want for you too. So add the beef in. Throw in some blueberries too. You guys can grab my metabolic revamp if you're interested. It's nine bucks. It's got a great ebook in there, 20 plus page ebook. There's a recipe guide. I talk all about why I eat the way I eat. So you can learn more if it's interesting to you. And there's a whole bunch of guides and cheat sheets in there, uh, as well as some different links to some of the products I've mentioned on this episode. And then the other piece. I would say to add is to join my strength training community for $29 a month total. You'll have my I'm sorry, not even that. 20 bucks a month plus a one-time $9 charge and you're going to have for the metabolic revamp and you're going to have a phenomenal amount of information to get you started. I promise. I have sat with all the different ways to do this and 2023 it finally occurred to me to launch what you guys need and make it super affordable because I'm trying to help as many people as possible this year and moving forward. And I want to make it user-friendly for everybody. So join the strength training community, check out the Metabolic Revamp and get your shit together because this is on you and you can do it. All right. I'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love if you would rate, review and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Uh, I love Apple for podcasts. That would be a great place. And when you help me rank, it helps more people get eyeballs on the show, which I think this is important information that people need to hear. And then secondly, if you have any suggestions, comments, or episode ideas, go ahead and email us at podcast at drtina.com. That's D-R-T-Y-N-A. Follow me on Instagram for more and I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Dr. Tina Show. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at drtina, that's D-R-T-Y-N-A, and Dr. Tina 2 as well as visit my website at drtina.com. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Chris McCone. The theme song is by John the Gilt. As always, you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com, and if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you next week. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.
1: If you're looking to take back your health, it's time for you to listen to The Real Foodology Podcast. From the producer of The Dr. Tina Show comes one of Apple Podcast's top 10 nutrition shows hosted by integrative nutritionist and real food activist Courtney Swan. The Real Foodology Podcast is on a mission to change the way we eat. Courtney interviews doctors, food experts, health professionals, and nutrition pioneers to bring you the best info so you can thrive. Somewhere along the way, we lost sight of how impactful our food choices are. But it's never too late to start on the path of better health choices. You'd be so surprised how resilient our bodies are when we start taking care of them. Yes, it's overwhelming, but that's why Courtney's here to help. She breaks it down for you and makes the information more accessible so that you can make more informed decisions in the grocery aisle or restaurant. Listen to the Real Foodology podcast today on your favorite podcast app.